welcome to the Cairo London podcast on this lovely summer's day in London. And we've got a bit of a surprise today for numerous reasons. But look, I've got the great pleasure of introducing you or welcoming you two ladies to the podcast for the very first time. Uh, you guys were part of the Cairo London New Graduate Chiropractor Experiment. <laughs> we were. <laughs> and two years ago, you were graduating from Chiropractic College down in AECC. Yeah. Bournemouth. And it was at that time I decided to gather you guys and two other new graduates. And we cracked on with the new grad experiment. Experiment, shall we say. <laughs> Anyway, that was uh, start of 2021, um, and you guys had just experienced the worst of the COVID restrictions through your education and stuff, and I'm sure it was hell to deal with, right? Uh, But fast forward two years, here we are, and we're just here today to talk about the ups and downs of life since graduating as chiropractors. So hopefully people listening in today might enjoy some of the wisdom you have to share, both chiropractors, um, patients who listen into this, as well as maybe other new graduates who can learn something from your experience, right? So welcome, Doc Georgie Delacour and Sydney Bradshaw. Hello. All right. Hey, just to get things started, Georgie, what's special about today? Where are we? <laughs> We're in Brew Dog. <laughs> 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 Brewdog where though? In Waterloo. How big is this place? Well, the, the pub, pretty big, but it's quite intense with all the gear around us. Well, can you describe for me exactly the scene right now uh, for those that are not able to see the video? We are in a recording studio. We've got the headgear. <laughs> We've got the mics. I feel like I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Sydney, what else do you see around you? Uh, so to our left, we can see a metal slide. <laughs> <laughs> what, why is there an indoor metal slide? Uh, why not? Got space for it, pop it in. Very good. And what else do you see out that window? People that need adjusting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, we're at Waterloo Brew Dogs. Uh, it's a relatively new uh, venture here, and they have this thing called the Podcast Project. And this is the very first time I've done a podcast in a studio. You may hear the uh, sound quality, hopefully, is about 100 times better than you normally hear when, uh, when we're doing this thing. Uh, but... Uh, also, yeah, it's uh, an enormous bar that we have out there. It's two-story. Uh, there's about 30 different beers on tap. Um, we don't appear to be having any beers in here just yet. What's going on with that? It's not five o'clock yet, half hour. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yes, correct. It is 4.20 in the afternoon, so... Some would say that's early enough to get cracking on a beer, especially when you're in a massive brewery. But um, <laughs> anyway, so look, um, 
What uh, I, I just like to start this whole thing off. Thanks for joining me. I had this idea. I think that uh, after a year of you guys working with us, uh, we should have a bit of a chat. And it's taken me a whole sort of for the second year. Uh, I feel privileged to have you guys on our team, the Cairo London team, for two years now. Oh. And just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Sydney. What, you know, a little bit about. Well, what clinic do you work in? What kind of got you into chiropractic? A little bit about your background, that sort of stuff. So I work in the Tooting Chiropractic Clinic, uh, just like a five-minute walk from Tooting Broadway Station near the market, so in the hustle and bustle of all the young people there. And then I'm Bristol born and bred, um, found chiropractic after. So background, me and my family, like every single day, me and my two other sisters, we'd be going to different activities each day. It would be sort of the thing of getting picked up from one, having dinner in the car and getting to the other. So very active as a child, doing loads of different sports, some doing like national level as well. So I thought, you know, a bit more of an optimal performance style, I say, for a child. And then I was playing football against some people who were a bit more into football, sort of Arsenal. They were playing for Arsenal. So went in for the ball to tackle. Then this girl comes in and I'm thinking, oh, God, somebody who's got so much more skill than me, obviously trained for football. I'm here more to have a bit of fun with my friends, but still like football. Um, and then we both went in for ball at the same time. Um, me being a bit scared, did the tackle not in the best position. And that's when I started to get low back pain. Um, and then it was getting to the point where if I start to run, I'd feel really wheezy, out of breath, couldn't play at the level that I was used to. So I went to the physio after going to NHS, going to the GP, getting my referral, did the six-week plan with them, strengthening up my core, um, especially like the glutes as well to uh, support everything. Could do all the exercises fine, but I still found that I couldn't perform at the level that I wanted to. How old were you? I was 15. So I, it was the point like in GCSEs, I was having to have like a doctor's note to say, oh. I can't actually do the assessment. So it was, yeah, cry moment. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, who's asking all the questions here anyway? <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it's great. I think we should like uh, just three-way, three-way conversation, right? I've I've never done a three-way conversation especially not in a radio studio or whatever you how we call this place so first time for everything don't forget <clears throat> podcasts anything goes right we can just say whatever we want and people just get to choose as to whether or not they can be bothered listening to it or not right <laughs> so probably the more <laughs> more crazy things happen the more people might be interested in like sticking around with us <laughs> Anyway, carry on your story. It's cool. It's so, good to hear where the yeah, inspiration so, came from. Um, up to that point, I always knew I wanted to do something healthcare, like looking after people. And I thought before I wanted to be a physio. And then I was speaking to my uncle and I had that experience of, you know, going through it, but still not reaching the level that I thought I could be at. But the testing wise of what they were looking for, I was meeting so my uncle said you should try seeing a chiropractor or you know going down the route of chiropractic 
He's seen a chiropractor a few times, but he didn't really give me too much into the world of chiropractic. And then um, I went to see a chiropractor who was around the corner from my sick form and got to observe him two afternoons. And I just thought, you're looking at the whole body and like you're just addressing a lot more things or deeper down than what I thought from my own experience of my low back pain from physio. So then I decided to go to AECC, which so happens to be around the corner from where, well, it backs on to where my cousins went to school. So I'd always seen AECC, but never known where it was. And then my grandparents also lived a road behind it. So I've always been around it, but just never knew what it was. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. <laughs> so look, we, we will get uh, chatting a little bit about the AECC experience and all that sort of stuff, uh, but it's great to hear. You know? So basically for you, it was like a performance thing. It was like uh, your body stopped performing the way you wanted it to as a 15-year-old. Football, interestingly enough, we've just met Peter Crouch. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, we'll go with that. <laughs> we kicked him out of the podcast studio because his podcast is rubbish. Um, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, we were the next booking. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm sure he won't be mentioning us. But anyway, um, Peter Crouch, the ex England footballer, for those that don't know who he is. Anyway, uh, Georgie, tell us a little bit about your story and your background and that sort of stuff. Um, hang on, did you yeah. tell us where you grew up, though, Sydney? Yeah, Bristol. In Bristol. It's hard to bring all that in. Yeah, I don't anyway. have the accent either, so you can't pick up on it. Yeah. Okay, Georgie, over to you. So, <laughs> you've got I, the microphone. <laughs> um, I feel like I've got quite a different into chiropractic than most people. When I was little, my mum started working as a chiropractic assistant, and she just thought it would be super beneficial to me for me to go and see a chiro. So I started doing that just from the age of twelve, really. And I have been adjusted probably every week, every other week since. (laughs) And so I put that down to the fact that I haven't had any issues and I still train and do everything I want to do without having any injuries or like setbacks or kind of complications. So it's more from like a proactive kind of stance than kind of going in, injuring yourself and then, so yeah. Yeah, so right from the outset, it wasn't really a pain or an ache or anything like that. It was just yeah. like uh, your mum thought it was a good idea to look after her precious daughter and why not have <laughs> the, the chiropractor? The firstborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, but then, so what was it that then inspired you to take the plunge to actually sign up to be a chiro though? Well, I've, I've always been interested in like the body and that kind of side of things and I knew I wanted to do something like that. Um, and I... I used to watch Casualty as a as a kid. Yes, you did. And I wanted to be in the hospital so I could walk around with a little clipboard. <laughs> um, but like re- realistically, like if I was to go into something like that, I might see that person like once and then never know what happens to them again. And the really nice thing about this profession is that you do get to follow people kind of like through their journey. Um, and then, of course, you've got the other side of things where, like, <clears throat> you're not really putting anything in, you're not taking anything out. It's just like a super holistic, like, like healthy approach to health. Yeah. That's what I also really liked about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of what got me into Cairo really was that I kind of realized deep down there was like this natural philosophy that I think I had myself, which 
didn't like taking medications or anything yeah. like that as a kid. And, you know, I, I kind of was always uh, trying to find a, a sort of a natural alternative to deal with anything if there was an ill or a sort of a state of disease or something. It's like, well, rest or recuperate in sort of natural ways, you know. So to be able to help people with your own two pair of hands is why I kind of effectively got into Kyra myself, you know. So, yeah, yeah that's cool. But, yeah, look, everyone has a story about why they mm. sort of joined and it probably does have a bit of an impact on your – you know, how you maybe even practice now or, or what motivates you or excites you when you're in clinic yourself looking after your own people to a degree as well. So anyway, so let's carry on with the AECC experience, especially I mentioned in the introduction that you guys were there probably. So AECC stands for what exactly? Anglo-European College of Chiropractic. And that's in Bournemouth and it's one of the well, there's a few places to study chiropractic now in the UK. A few, yeah. But yeah. It's, there's still not that many, I don't think, is there? It's like no. a handful of places. Exactly. And the, and the number of graduates are sort of relatively low too, you know. Um, how many were in your year at the Bournemouth College? I think 140. We started out with about that, but with every yeah. year kind of. <laughs> Loses some people. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so there's a London College, there's a Welsh um, at the Weoc uh, um, University in Wales, and I think the Scotland College is nearly off the ground, right? Mm. Which is cool. And McTimony, don't forget as well, um, offer some some places as well. Yeah. But yeah, there's probably only less than 300 graduates a year, um, every year. So that's not a huge amount, especially when there's not that many places in Europe to study as well. So some of the Europeans study here and then go back home. But anyway, tell us a little bit about the experience, How, especially relative, Georgie, what you were saying about why you got into college and you were like thinking, okay, <laughs> it's a real like uh, way to sort of help promote the well-being of a person and then you arrive at college and then what happened? And I was so confused because <laughs> everything was so pain-based. Right. And I was like, what, like pain this, pain that. And I was like, what is going on? Like, and I think the majority of people around me went in because they knew that's what it was about. So when I went in, it was like, wow, I had kind of had to not unlearn everything. I kind of went in thinking, but it definitely changed my perspective on it while I was in there. And like, of, of course, the majority of people that come to us are in pain. But there's a whole other side to it that I feel like AECC don't necessarily touch on. <clears throat> yeah. So, Sydney, how long's the course degree? Uh, four or five years, depending on when you enter. Uh, as in, what's the difference between a four and a five-year cool. degree? Then? So, when I joined, you could either do go in direct entry, do the foundation year, which I did, okay. and then there was the and that's a integrated masters, and then. There was the other option of doing a bachelor's for three years and then doing a master's for two years, which is a bit more heavy on the research side. Okay. So, yeah, they probably could have done, and this I think is a problem with a lot of education facilities around uh, the world in chiropractic, is they're, they're sort of cornered into providing an education that is supported by research uh, supported by, you know, things that you can teach that has been researched and shown to be effective, you know what I mean? And so it's a little bit hard to sort of be teaching stuff, which is a little bit more 
wellness-based or as a healthy option for the whole body. And that's probably why most of it is mm. taught as a pain-based situation, isn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> I guess. But, yeah, it doesn't have to be. I think Sydney, I mean, um, Sydney, the, the Scotland College is uh, trying to really break the mould for that sort of a thing. And uh, I wish them luck in actually doing that. But Anyway, so then you studied for four or five years and you kind of dealt with some of the challenges of being a student and... Certainly you were there during COVID, right? So you, the, for those that don't know, the last year of a chiropractor degree, you are in student clinic whereby people come in and are happy to be kind of experimented on by uh, those slightly less experienced. However, that was also in the middle of a pandemic, right? So what, what the hell was that? How, how was that experience? Take it well, we ha- well, first we had to do uh, exams online like we had 24 hours so we actually got to sunbathe and do our <laughs> exams in, <laughs> in the first bit <laughs> of um the pandemic and then usually um you have a takeover with the uh, year above of their client uh, like their patient base um and then you continue that patient's care and then you um just get new patients in whereas we were all put into bubbles so you only saw a fifth of the year because we were all split into groups of 20. Like 20. Um, and then... It was quite a high-stress situation because there was also the element of people just, like, not wanting to leave the house. So in terms of people just, like, even coming through the door, we have to hit a certain criteria, like, a certain number of patients. And, like, everyone was, like... Yeah, I think the criteria was still set the same when we <clears> entered... <throat> Clinic, so you have to see like forty new people and have two hundred. Uh, usually, it's just a, like adjustment appointments, yeah. and, then, and that's just based on the fact that they want you to have a certain level, minimum level of experience before you get sort of graduated as a chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. and then it was just hard trying to get new people in, and then have two hundred appointments with people with less people coming through the door. Um, so yeah, that was hard to navigate through. Uh, the story that sticks in my mind is I believe, didn't you guys do like initial consultations in the car park with a clipboard while the patients <laughs> were in the car? Is that a thing? Oh, some uh, of the screening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, talk me through that. You're, you're probably in a bloody face mask. You're like in the car park. It's maybe raining at this point. And then you're like having a conversation with someone through the car window. Is that what actually happened? To get them in the building. Yeah. yeah, just to work out who they were, basically, and then... Yeah, right, you, you do the whole there. consultation. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's good. I was picturing half an hour stood out there in the car park with like a, okay, and where is this pain in your room? <laughs> I can't quite show you because I'm sitting in my car, but yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, that, that was a challenge, obviously, and then you finally got through that and you finally graduated as Cairo and then um, these crazy guys from London offered you a job and... Two years later, here you are. So here we are. What what kind of drew you to the Cairo London scene, uh, Georgie? What have you got to say? <laughs> what, what, what do you remember from those early early uh, um, months? Of- what do I remember? Who was the first person? So Luke was actually the first person I spoke to, and then I met another crazy Australian guy called Craig. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy. No, I really liked the 
we just had the same like outlook on Cairo. We kind of had the same dance on it that I did before I went into uni. I really liked the mentoring side and just the feel of the practices that you already own. So it really matched and aligned with like the values I had. Yeah, we we try our best. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> But also thanks, like uh, I think it is a bit tough when you've got numerous clinics and, and quite often we're like, yes, definitely come and work for us. And then like, well, where am I going to work and what are my shifts? And you're like, well, just leave that with me for a moment. Yeah, we're very trusting. <laughs> I was like, but what about my contract? You were like, ah. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is one of the pitfalls of what we do almost is that we we kind of almost grew out of a one practice handshake agreement type you know, situation where we started in Putney and I don't think anyone had a contract in Putney for like ages, you know. Uh, and then we kind of got to the point where we were a bit bigger than that and we thought maybe we need to get some of these legals just sorted out. Um, but, yeah, and uh, Sydney, what do you remember from the early early days? Um, so I was actually meant to observe Brad before pandemic. So I saw him the before and we were organizing it and we were going to do it on the weekend that uh, the UK went into lockdown um, so it was in the works and I knew about Cairo London and then um, just trying to navigate through final year and then um, I reached out when I felt I was getting on with my studies fine um, and then that's when I spoke to Luke and then you and you were like let's do a, a Skype Back in the Skype Zoom call era. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think, was it, uh, I think it was also at the time where you joined us and then um, Erina, our long-term doc in Tooting, decided that she wanted to go back to New Zealand. And so then we were like, I think we had one plan for you and then before you knew it, we were like, actually there's this opportunity now. And this, this is the, the, the thing that we have is that it's, you know, it's it's not always easy to work out exactly where best to put you but then situations like that arise and then next thing you know you're actually taking over a client list instead of just starting from scratch you know so uh yeah anyway um what uh so yeah you've been down at tooting for a couple of years uh georgie and fulham Fulham. did you start at the ones with bridge road clinic though no i just went straight into the um into maverick house maverick house maverick house yeah which but must Sammy, have been very early days for that though, right? Yeah, it was. It was. You just kind of got it up and going. I think it was like a couple of months or something. That's right. But Sammy had been gone for a while. Um, yeah. So. That's Sammy Kale, our also long-term serving Fulham doc, um, <laughs> which you've basically taken on her persona, which is fine. Everybody uh, says that. Yeah. Like, you, like <laughs> same, re- you have the same energy. They still remember, huh? Yeah. But, and all the clients that, that we've, Dora's called up and like, we've got this new Cairo, come see her. They've come in and they've been like, wow, you're just like Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so let's just skip on to, do you, uh, I asked you, I don't know if you have a good little success story you want to share with us in your first couple of years. Georgie, you got anything oh, to talk God. about? Um, that's a tricky one. I guess they seem like small things, but for that person, like based on what they've been going through, it tends to be quite big. So, well, maybe let's focus on on the last week. I've had somebody that um, she's 
she came in and like holidays used to be like a horrible time for her because <laughs> the traveling and the stress she would just always get a flare-up of her low back and so like something that was meant to be super enjoyable and relaxing just wasn't for her and she's literally just booked to go on holiday she's there this week and that's the first one in a while so I'm gonna hear how that goes but I'm hoping that that's gonna be a big change which is really nice so nice to be able to help people just sort of aim for a little target or a goal or something they can't do and then all of a sudden they can because of what you've been able to do for them yeah and that's been like years so she's done really well yeah as in it hasn't been away for the whole pandemic period or whatever and this is her first holiday for ages right Sydney, did you have anything you wanted to share? I do. Um, so back in last summer, um, I met this lady. She came in um, and she'd been working as a temp um, in an office for a couple months. Um, and then one day she was working at the desk and uh, one of her colleagues decided to, as she describes, beat her like a drum. Um, whacking her on the back um, unprovoked. She still doesn't know why she did that. But um, after that incident, she ex- started to experience um, extreme, like left-sided, uh, like sciatic symptoms. So all the ways something that we see comes from the low back area, yet she was hit all the way at the other end of the spine, basically. Yeah, right. Um, so she had to stop going into work because obviously there was an in- investigation, but the work was being a bit, not doing the full investigations around it. It all seemed a bit weird. I, it was a weird vibe. Um, and she, like, things were changing in her, like, relationship with her partner and, um, like, it wasn't at the same level. She wasn't feeling safe and she was getting all these different symptoms which were coming, like, from the low back sacrum area, so different, like, numbing around um, the saddle area, um, like, sharp shooting down the legs, no feelings down around legs or saddle area. Um, and then she's seen a physio, and because it was, like, ridiculous symptoms, they looked at her low back and only her low back. Um, she was doing all the exercises, but still was experiencing all this pain, and it had been about two or three months down the line when she came in to see me. Um, And then I asked her if they'd ever looked at her neck or her upper back, just because that's where uh, she was attacked from. And she was like, no, they've taken MRIs. I've been to A&E three times because she started to get uh, like quadroquina symptoms, which is like the shooting down the legs, both legs, uh, numbing in the saddle area, um, so this one I kind of took an experiment on. So I looked at, so what I really like about chiropractic is that you look at the whole body. So in the examination found that the function through the neck and the upper back wasn't as good. Um, and then some other neurological stuff, um, but some of the apparent um, loss of function in the low back area as well. Um, and we took some x-rays, saw that the alignment in the neck and the upper back wasn't amazing. Um, so things um, that could be addressed uh, through chiropractic. And then because she'd only had like the low back looked at by the physio, I thought, I'm just going to see 
if we actually have a difference, if we don't look at just the low back and focus more on this neck and upper back function. Uh, so adjusted her. And then the next time she came in, she said that's the first time she's never had any pain. Um, and then she said that even the numbing sensation had gone um, and then kind of just went through the motions of mostly focusing up there and then just slowly unwinding the tension further down. Um, and then she's even said that her relationship with her partner had improved because all the sensations were coming back in that area. So, uh, you know, it's it's really interesting the... Um you know, the way that the AECC, for example, tend to teach you how to do like regional um, yeah, pain site. E- examinations, yeah. right, and then regional treatment. Mm-hmm. And if you had have carried on doing that sort of a thing, then uh, you would have missed this opportunity to basically, um, uh, yeah, to help this person because there would have just been another person looking at her lower back when the actual problem was in the neck. So it's kind of really cool, you know. It's what, uh, it's what we do. We kind of look at the whole spine, look at the whole th- you know, the nervous system as a whole. And, you know, like you said, it's not just about pain, but it's certainly the motivator to get most people in the door, isn't it? You know, um, so she's doing really well and you're really proud of that. As yeah. Well. So she started a new job and she's really happy, able to do everything that she wants. And then, uh, like, she's got more, she feels more empowered. Uh, she said, like, after a couple of adjustments, she felt like she would be even better than she was before the um, attack happened. Wow. So have you guys got any mistakes you want to share along the way? Is that a dodgy question to ask? Of like, what's a, you know, do you have a regret or a sort of something that was like, oh, maybe that didn't go so great in the first couple of years of things? Um, I guess not realising or underestimating how long it actually takes for areas of the body to heal. And it always takes so much longer than what you really think. And so don't um, under-recommend, like, care plans. Like, that was a big one, big learning curve for me. <laughs> yeah, because uh, quite often you say, oh, well, let's just get this, we'll get this sorted out in a couple of weeks, and it's maybe a problem that's been with someone for, like, years, um, and then they get to the end of the couple of weeks <laughs> and they're like, well, I'm not any better yet, what the hell? And then <laughs> you're like, yeah, about yeah. that. yeah. That's a big one. That's a really good one. Sydney, anything to add? Um, I'd say trying to unwind tension. That's quite obvious. That is built up for quite some time, like 10, 20 years, and just trying to unwind it really quickly and body not being able to keep up with the changes that you're trying to create. So meaning that sometimes you make some adjustments and then people's body freaks out a little bit almost because you've yeah. sort of like they've been that way for a whole pile of time and then you start rearranging the furniture and the spine and then the next thing you know they're like, oh, my God, my my neck is like now a bit screwy uh, and I thought I was in here for the lower back stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's another one. Anyway, uh, you guys having fun yet? So much fun. <laughs> Just get the drinks flowing. Well, exactly. It's like where is the – I was thinking what we should do is order a um, flight of beer or something, right? Don't they, do they do those still where you can have a, like a, a selection taster. of little tasters and then uh, – Probably. They're going to do it anywhere. They're going to do it here. <gasps> interesting. Um, I think we will definitely need some rehydration after this mm-hmm. and we're in the right place, that's for sure. Um. 
So what? Uh, let's just change up the scene a little bit. Um, let's. Uh, you guys are now been in London for a couple of years now. Yeah. Let's get some insights about London life from you. Hey, <laughs> while we're here, obviously the Brewdog in Waterloo is now on top of the list. Absolute top. Give us your other best bar in London. It's hard because every time I feel like every time we leave the house, we go somewhere new because there's so much to see. So, what do you reckon the best one is? I quite like uh, like Blues Kitchen or the like the street records places. Um, They have live music, live band. um, You know, not just the guitarists and pianists. um, They have like saxes and like trombonists, um, and those ones are always, always really good. Where's that? Um, so different spots, Blue's Kitchen, we like to go to like the one in Shoreditch, um, and there's another one in Brixton, and then like North's, Northcote Road Records. Northcote Records, my local hangout, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is it? That well, one's seen you in there, yeah. No, I don't often go. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't that, do you still go to that one around the corner from the Fulham Clinic? Um Pretty rowdy one on a Friday, Saturday night. Fighter. Fighter. No, no, the White Horse. Oh, the so. White Horse. Yeah, that's fun in the summer. Okay. Um, Favourite coffee shop? Maybe oh. think locally to your clinics. Yeah, Juliet straight away. Juliet's mm. in Tooting. Yeah. Right. George, you got one? Go to Nive. Say that again? Nave, Nive. Uh, Even after yes. these years, I don't know how to say it properly. But. That's Parsons Green Tube, right? Yeah, near the White Horse. Very good. Been to a good roof bar recently. I went to this roof bar the other day called Madison. Have you ever heard of that? At the Hoxton? I think it's around Hoxton, um, but it's literally like Ibiza on a rooftop. <laughs> Actually, it overlooks um, St. Paul's Cathedral. Oh. Right? Yeah. Sunset coming down, St. Paul's in the background. And the only bad thing about it is – the obscene prices they charge for their drinks. It's the sort of place where you're not allowed to actually sit down <laughs> unless you do a minimum spend and uh, get like a magnum of vodka and a magnum of champagne or something, right? So then you're oh, up for like thousands of pounds. Um, so I feel like you've just got to suck it up there because this is London. <laughs> But it, yeah, I mean, you you can still go there. Don't worry. Standing, you know, you get to stand with the peasants who yeah. don't, uh, you know, who aren't who are willing to fork out like yeah. thousands of pounds. You know. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Any roof bars you've been to? Now the sun's out. In I've been to the one that you're talking about. Again, just hovered, not sat. Um, yeah. No, it's a the Maya. We went to the, the like. Is that in Hoxton? Uh, Shoreditch, Old Streety. Yeah, I don't know. See, this is why every time we, we go to we many go, different places. Yeah, rather than the same. Okay, getting back to Cairo life. Any Cairo guru um, around there that you look up to? Obviously, present company. Oh, uh, yeah, excluded. obviously. You. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, is there someone that like uh, you know has inspired you? You know, be it like I, I know someone like. Dr. Martini is someone that I've, you know, listened to and, you know, heard many different, heard him speak a few times, been on a couple of his conferences yeah. and that was really quite pivotal um, to sort of help me early on. But um, I think we, we've just been really lucky with having like great mentors like within the company. I know you and like Luke Brady has been 
a massive help to both of us. Um, but just even like lovely Susan that works in my clinic is super empowering. She's like, I love how she is with the kids and how she communicates with the mums. And like, so we have so many people like close to home that have really helped us, helped us grow. Yeah, it's we are so lucky to have so many people within the company that can help us all grow, you know what I mean? And that's, that was that idea of doing those Monday meetups, you know, Monday 3 o'clock we kind of Zoomed for almost about a year on and off and we just went through the cycle when you've got 20-odd people in, in the company, everyone has something to share, you know, so we let everyone take the sort of the stand for the half-hour slot and that was really useful, I think, you know. Um, definitely guilty of not getting people physically in the same building together as often as we should, and that's coming up this summer, we hope. Lawn bowls back on the agenda. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Plus, though, that's some actual proper, like, technique sharing. Uh, yeah. Well, we used to do those adjusting glasses in Fulham, didn't we? Yeah, we're, we're literally going to, we're about to release some dates whereby we just like close down a Friday afternoon every now and then and we just actually say, okay, we're going to do a proper two, three hours of like getting in the building together and like um, learning as well. Um, hey, let, let's go back to the, um, the, the Cairo philosophy side of things because, you know, when you're kind of trying to communicate and talk to people about looking after themselves and the health and well-being and all that sort of stuff. And yet, especially when someone comes in on pain, they're not that sometimes interested in hearing mm. about vital, vitalism and like <laughs> innate intelligence and all that sort of stuff. But how, you know, have you got any things you've learned over the time to sort of help you communicate a bit of that to some of your people? I think like going off of that point you have to pick your moment mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I first like started practicing it's like okay like there's all this stuff that I want to share but people are just not ready to hear it straight away I think like small amounts of information often is better than just like talking at them <laughs> um yeah. I think that's a massive one uh, no, you're right, and it's a, it's a, you can't expect if you've been involved in Cairo life, or if, you know you've been your mum was in the clinic, and then you as a as a youngster, for probably nearly fifteen years or something, you mm. know, and you can't expect someone who's been with you for like five sessions to have that same understanding as you do. You know? So you've got to give them a little bit of time, wait for the opportunity. And some people are just not into it at all, you know. Yeah, um, and that's okay. Whereas other people are like just desperate for a, a slight different angle on things and they're really receptive to that sort of stuff, you know. Um, Sydney, what's your favourite thing about being a chiropractor? Uh, Put you on the spot. I think being surprised by what the body can do, like when it can move the way that it wants to. Or should do optimally. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's kind of cool that you can help people, but then it's on, almost on a daily basis you do get surprised, don't you? You know, because it's like mm-hmm. you know numerous things. Just like I had no idea you would be, you know, moving in this way as quickly as you were, you know, or or whatever it might be. Um, right, guys. What does the future hold for you guys? Hey, couple of years in. 
Sydney, you got any idea? Where do you see yourself in like 10 or 20 years, you know? I haven't thought that far. I know you like the five, ten-year plan, <laughs> but they don't develop that much. Um, Do you? Does anyone have a five-year plan? Five, you know, I love a five-year yeah. plan that I'm in currently in my eighteenth year of. So. <laughs> um, I'd love to have a clinic one day. Yeah, that'd cool. be pretty cool. No, well, I think that's a great aspiration to have, you know, something to sort of stamp your own kind of authority on things. Um, it's it's an interesting thing I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, the career path of a chiropractor because effectively there really are only two career paths once you graduate. One is you work for someone. The other one is you set up your own thing and create your own business, you know. And the challenges with doing your own thing is you don't actually get a lot of business education through the process so those that do just sort of graduate and then open up the doors usually struggle a fair bit to work out all the ins and outs of how it all works definitely wasn't ready to do that like two years ago like when I left I didn't even know what I didn't know (laughs) there is so much to learn beyond uni so yeah no, I hear you. And I, I think you just got to be true to yourself about that too, right? If, and and I, I like the idea of trying to provide places for career associates too. So Kyra London, um, you know, people like Luke Mulverhill, for example, who's actually gone and run his own practice for 10 years and then he's come back to us and now he's working as an associate and he, with everything that's going on in his life with the kids and with his wife's work, he's like, it suits me way better to do that at the moment, you know. So that's – it's really quite nice to have a mix of those that have got more experience, own their own businesses, and um, those that are sort of slightly less experienced. But also it would be really nice to sort of help you on that journey as well, you know. Um, so doors always open to sort of have discussions about things like that anyway. Um, have you guys got any questions for me? Do you always know that you wanted to start a clinic, end up having five clinics, or did you just kind of like, did it all just plan out this way, or did you say this is what I want to achieve by? Yeah, um, I, you know, what's interesting with that is I've always been quite good at like Putney's never really been the Craig McLean chiropractic center right it's always been a group of chiropractors working harmoniously together and no one really knows who owns the place right and so that's that's the sort of thing that kind of really got me thinking about the fact that I actually enjoy more having a group of people working together uh than just being the chiropractic guru myself. And so that was very easy then to sort of then take it from just five people working together in Putney to then 20 plus people working together in, in numerous clinics. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I think I, li- I almost shy away from the limelight a little bit myself, and but, I'm, but it sort of really brings me joy to sort of see 20-odd people fulfilling satisfying careers and, and and also it it makes me sleep better at night knowing that maybe thousand or you know a thousand people as opposed to a hundred people are being helped on a regular basis you know so I'm having a much 
bigger impact than just you know one pair of hands can actually do because I kind of went from that one pair of hands where I took over Putney and it was like just kind of me and an associate and then we grew it and we grew it and grew it and we kind of got to the point where it was like needing a bigger place so we moved to a different venue and then uh, it 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 then grew from one to five even more quickly and it's been a kind of a hugely satisfying journey. Um, but yeah, it's because that's uh, I, I get a bigger <coughs> kick out of helping more people than actually doing the helping myself, I think. Are you still practising one day a week? <laughs> yeah, the guys in Putney won't let me stop. Uh, I tried to stop, uh, I think, at one point, and a uh, combination of, I think, my CAs and there's, like, the diehard yeah, collection of patients who are like, you will never stop. <laughs> it's only when I die you can stop working as a chiropractor. Um, yeah, but I think it's good to kind of keep your – Hands in the game, keep... Uh, it's also such a fun job. Yeah. Like, you get to meet and chat with so many people yeah. and it's super fun. Yeah, and most jobs out there, you you don't get the opportunity to help people like we do, you know. Um, there's a lot of jobs out there that are, you know, not in the same way. You don't get that same sense of satisfaction of, of, of a day's work, you know. So, and you can make some really big changes to people's lives, you know. So, yeah, that's why it's pretty cool. Hey? Sydney, do you have any questions for me? Uh, can be about cycling. Yeah, I was going to say cycling <laughs> or skiing. Yeah, I was going to say Talk cycling or skiing. Cycling. <laughs> hey, what? Cycling or skiing. Yes, well, thanks for asking about skiing. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, now you guys... Didn't you both have ski holidays this year? Yeah. I know Sydney did. It's my first time. You went as well? Last year, yeah. Not so, on the same trip. Okay. Yeah, it was my first time. So where did you go, Georgie? Um, Andorra. We drove. Well, my parents drove and met us up there. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, and you, didn't you go to Andorra as well? No, I went to Pequera. Oh, Pequera, the Spanish Pequera, place. Pequera, yeah, love it. Uh, well, going again next year, so. But also you were there in, like, epic snow conditions, right? It was the, I think, uh, it was dry on snow, the like, the week before I went, and then whilst I was there, it was snowing every other day. Yeah. We were just getting fresh powder. Nice. Yeah, I only managed two trips this year. Only two. But they were epic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Hey, should we wrap it up? Have we got anything else we need to be talking about? Um, oh, I, I did – I was thinking about if you had anything else that – or if, if, if I, for the new graduates who are graduating this summer, what would you tell them now that you know what you know, thinking back to you being in the same place a couple of years ago? Mm, really work on – your communication I feel like that is super important just as important as the manual side of things which I don't think necessarily that it's not put across that way when you're at college but that is just massively important so communication yeah to patients just yeah Yeah, like getting the message across as to like you said you know expectations for how long it's going to take yeah Um, the ability to be able to explain what the problem is yeah and empower people and make them feel that, like, you know, they will be able to get through it for whatever they're going through. I feel like it's a big part of it. Yeah. Sydney, do you have any thoughts about that? For 
Um, Those less experienced. Yeah, I think it was like one of the first talks we had on those like Monday meetings and Don went through and what always sticks is keep shit simple. Yeah, nice. Well, I think we could wrap up on that really. (laughs) Um, There's the take-home message. Keep it all simple um, and communicate well. Don't forget to have fun. I think one of the other things is surround yourself with some really key like-minded people too, right? Uh, Get yourself on the bus that is heading in the direction you want to go with the right people who are actually on that bus. Uh, so, you know, if you're kind of considering jobs, anyone listening here is like a, a new grad or whatever, um, just make sure that you kind of picture yourself with that person or with that team over the next two to five years and see if you genuinely feel aligned with them, you know, because um, I think it's really important, especially in those early years, you have people that are going to spend time with you to sort of help you evolve you know so uh yeah get on the right bus heading in the right direction (laughs) all right well let's sign off from brew dog waterloo (laughs) thank you georgie for coming thank you for having me sydney thank you do you think we have a future in radio no (laughs) (laughs) we need some more ads going on in this yeah, uh, I think we forgot to do the carpool karaoke side of things, didn't we? No, I don't think we have access to any music here, though, do we? Thank um, <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, signing off. Thanks, everyone. Bye.